Can you say Anthony Costales? That's right. We had Anthony Costales join us at the La Barba Coffee Warehouse for season one of the DFL Before DNF podcast, where we're looking at late race survival. It's interesting to think about how elite runners face that late race urge to quit. Of course they do. We know they do. We're all humans, and 100 miles is a long way. But still, for those of you who watched Western States coverage this last year and saw Anthony smiling just about every time the camera was on him, made me curious. How does he do it? How does he smile? How does he do it with so much joy late in the race? He's going to tell us. All right, well, welcome to the DFL Before DNF podcast. Um, my name's Josh, and, and those who've listened up to this point know that uh, I am the self-proclaimed worst 100-miler in the country, but I, I love it. I can't get enough of it. Um, I obsess over it. I obsess over the elite version of it. I obsess over the, you know, the everyday runner version of it. It's just, to me, there's, there's nothing more enjoyable than towing the starting line and trying as well as just consuming all of the, um, the media out there that surrounds it. I'm just, I'm a mega fan. And so today I'm, I'm happy to have Anthony Costales with us. I watched Anthony first came on my radar wearing all this, uh, San Francisco giants gear and cross country gear from, uh, Chico state. Yep. Yeah. Chico state. And just watching you, you know, crush at Western States this year, I'd seen you pop up at other times just because I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Utah maximalist. I just love Utah trail running. And so of course your name's been coming up and in different places, but, uh, this year I got to see you do some pretty cool things, um, that, that many others saw you do, but really before we get into talking about how you make it through what we're calling in season one of this, of late race survival, how do, how do people, you know, of, of your skill and accomplishment push through those, those late race urges to quit, or if you even have them, I'm really curious to hear about that. Um, Definitely have them. <laughs> okay, that makes me feel better. Out of the gates, yeah, that makes me feel a little bit better. Tell me, <laughs> tell me a little, just a little bit about you. I know I, what I know about you is that you got some connection to Chico State. Did you grow up in California? Yeah, um, grew up uh, kind of between San Francisco and Sacramento, uh, okay. a little town called Fairfield, California. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, first got into running there. I had a good high school coach, um, cross country. Used to do like soccer and baseball before that, kind of growing okay. up, and then. Um, that kind of took over just because got to pick something like when you're in high school and probably the coach is what kind of kept me going more yeah. than anything. So cross country was the thing you picked? Yeah, cross country. I kind of dropped soccer pretty quick and then um, yeah. I was still playing to do baseball and the coach was like, no, you got to do track. And I was like, ah, we'll see. And then kind of got pushed into doing track. And yeah, it was, it was always kind of funny because I really wanted to play baseball, but yeah. It all worked out, and then it seems like. So you grew up as a Giants fan. Yeah, I grew up as a Giants fan. What was your sort of like as a kid? Who who were the players what, like of your era? Um, J.T. Snow, Barry Bonds, okay. Jeff Kent, okay. um, Dusty Baker was a Dusty Baker who's still around as a manager. Is yeah. a, just coming back actually. Um, yeah, he was a manager back then. Okay, how old are you now? Uh, Thirty five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that, I mean, I I remember watching. I'm I'm forty. Uh, the Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, the, the, the year of the, like the home run, you know, oh, yeah. back and forth, just obsessing over. That was when I first, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm from, 
Texas. So mm-hmm. I was a big, big Texas Rangers fan. We didn't have much to speak of then. Yeah. So it was Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds going back and forth. And and then when Texas played the Giants in the 2010, I think it was the 2020 yeah, World 20, Series. 2010 World One Series. of my best friends was a Giants fan. And it was an awful year for us. And then you got every other year after that. Yeah. Which is awful. That was, that was a <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a hard time being a Texas fan. Yeah, uh, it was. And, yeah, but uh, this year was a good year. Yeah, this year was. Yeah, yeah. you broke through. I was yeah. pulling for you because of that. 2012 was just <laughs> something to remember in baseball yeah. history. Yeah, yeah. So you, um, a, a lot of runners, it seems from my vantage point again, as a fan, uh, go the road route. It seems like, you know, like when you're into sports, you're super athletic in high school. I see a lot more of those runners go toward, um, you know, maybe pro on the road or, you know, even, you know, just other, other trajectories, not necessarily trail. Yeah. And obviously trail is at least again, from my perspective, it's growing. Like it, I think it's something like 17 or 18% year over year as a sport. Talk to me about like going from cross country, the distances that you were there, you know, like what, what was your story of going from there to like the hundred mile distance? I mean, it, it wasn't short. Um, I mean, in cross country, we got up to 10 K and, um, my last or last few years, or I transferred into Chico state. So uh-huh. I got two years of luckily being on their national team okay. and doing, uh, the 10 K, which is what you do at regionals and nationals. And then once that was all over and track eligibility was done, um, I was kind of assistant coaching and, and I did like, uh, kind of go right into the road scene a little bit. Okay. Started with, or had a little bit of support from a small Sacramento running association, like elite club that was kind of starting back then. Okay. And, um, yeah, I just started with some half marathons. I actually took my time, like set, doesn't sound that long now, but, uh, 18 months or so to like go from college, to a marathon, which it seems like a lot of people just Oh, it's like six months, six months out. And I kind of took a little bit of a longer approach, I felt like. Yeah. And um, yeah, I qualified for the Olympic trials um, for 2016 on that and like barely got under the standard of 218. Okay. Is what it was at the time. And then, um, yeah, then it started to be like this, like fall, spring, fall, spring, marathoning. And it it was fun, but it, it was... Like I think my third one, and it was like the Ogden Marathon, kind of okay. here, local, local to here. Yeah, and it was my second time running that one, and it was like brutal weather, and it was like one of the only times I've actually ever DNF'd up in any kind of race, like hmm. college, road running, yeah. and trail. It's like I think it's my only DNF that I could hmm. think of actually. Yeah, and it was just like some terrible weather, really? like where I the way I explain it is like the rain was going so hard that you were just looking down and if there was a parked car, <laughs> you, you might, might just run really? into it. Yeah. It was, it became that bad. And basically with like eight miles left, I got pretty hypothermic and, uh, mm. just had to pull off because wow. of that reason. Um, anyway, going from that, um, it was like, that one kind of broke me a little bit. I like okay. tried to, uh, since I didn't go 26 that day, mm-hmm. try to jump into another marathon a couple of weeks later, like use that fitness. Oh, cause, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Cause it wasn't like really like my body was beat down. It was just, a weather the issue and um went out did this marathon and it was like with like a couple like kind of we call them like b b plus like south like like uh, like kenyans or yeah, um, yeah. ethiopians and and just kind of got toyed with for 26 miles really like, <laughs> all the way to then five of them beat me within 
15 seconds. Like first uh, fifth was like 15, 20 oh seconds. Goodness. Which so, marathon I mean, was that? That was um, Utah Valley. Oh, okay. So it was like, I think it was about a month, like two weeks or a month later after Ogden. And okay. anyway, long story short, I just got burned out of it. After that, I was like, I'm not touching the marathon for a while. Mm. And uh, I didn't. And um, within the, like almost like another 18 month period, I didn't touch a marathon, still did some road stuff and then kind of dabbled in um, some trail races that were half marathon, like uh, Xterra, half marathon um, up in Ogden. Yeah. And then um, did my first, like what I call real trail race, which was uh, um, Moab, uh, Moab Marathon. And it was uh, the USATF uh, oh. uh, championships that year. Okay. So that was like my first like real experience on not being on like a ski resort type trails, oh, okay. but um, yeah. just out there in the was road that desert. One fairly flat. I mean, relatively speaking, that one's got a little bit of everything. It's definitely not flat. Yeah. It's not like um, you're going to any huge peaks, but there is like a few really solid climbs in there. Yeah, something's just always changing, mm. like in the desert out yeah. there. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like fast and slow. Dynamic, yeah. But it's kind of cool because uh, it's one of the few ones that like you could run really hard, and once you get done with it, like your body's really beat up. But mm-hmm. like you could kind of get running like a couple of days later. No big deal. Yeah. Nice. Which is uh, kind of nice. Yeah. So you um, moved to, I mean, you're in Salt Lake. You're living in Salt Lake when these marathons are happening. Mm-hmm. T- tell me a little bit about you, just the person. What What do you do in Salt Lake? You, you're married? You have kids? Yeah. Uh, mar- married, when I got here, was uh, my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she I got got out here a little bit earlier than me. I still had like another... <clears throat> Another uh, semester left to school or year left to school. Yeah. She got a job out here and then I came to visit. We really liked it. She had a little bit of family out here and um, we thought we were going to kind of move away like once I was done with school. But yeah, I kind of really implanted ourselves here. And um, yeah, I got a teaching job uh, teaching um, at Kern Junior High at the time. Uh Um, Did like BE and a couple additional roles roles as well. Yeah. Did some coaching and um, yeah, I kept the marathon running going okay. at that point. And then now 10 years later, um, <laughs> different school, still doing the same type thing, teaching. Yeah. Have a three-year-old daughter. Oh, nice. Child, our wife has completely different jobs now, Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, pretty funny. But um, yeah, Salt Lake's changed a lot over those 10 years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've enjoyed it a lot. That's awesome. <clears throat> so you've got some course records I've seen that, you know, Mad Moose. I'm a big fan of Mad Moose. Mm-hmm got course records down there like okay so you're you're here talk to me about kind of just like your career leading up to western states yeah so i mean the trail kind of career that first one first year i was just telling you about that started in 2016 Mm -hmm. and then i kind of like repeated that one kind of similar thing that xterra moab trail marathon again the next year yeah and then um then after that, then I got did my first ultra, which was a Mad Moose Red Hot 55K. Oh, you have the course record. Yeah, that's the one I got the course record Can for. Can we pause on that race? I love that race. Yeah, and what year have you done it? I did it I did it 15, 16, 17. Yeah. When they used to end by the river. Exactly. That's I what I was just going to bring up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bugged uh, Denise and Justin about it. Same. I'm like, Mike, you got to bring that back. Uh-huh. It was just such a... It just made it a little bit more special the way yes. you ended. I mean, the Gemini Bridges, it's, it's obviously a killer area. Mm-hmm. And it's a great start and finish. And logistically, I get it. Oh, yeah. But nothing like dropping into that river that last little bit. Yeah, it just kind of cool. feels a little 
boring coming back doing the same thing yeah. on that one yeah. compared to what we used to have. Yeah. And it makes it a little bit too similar to like a dead horse, like where you're, when you're starting and stopping at the same spot, finishing, mm-hmm. you know, that. But that Red Hot, it's like a go-to thing every year with my buddies. I think I'm going to miss it this year, but even just to go watch because I just love it. But, you know, there's been, Walmsley's had the course record there and Hayden Hawks has had the course record there. You've had, you have the course record. I mean, it's just been like, it's such a cool race. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it, it just attracts so many great runners? Is it because it's early season fitness test kind of thing? So what I what I hear is what it used to be is it used to be like known as the opening of the ultras. Mm. Like, like it was like the opener because yeah. I think back in probably 2010 to 15, 15, 16 timeline, there wasn't that many of them yeah. as there is now. And now now the season's nonstop. Now it's just nonstop and yeah. there's just races everywhere you could go, anywhere. Yeah. And um. So I think that was just like kind of a really open season race. Yeah. Um, Not as many like at least elites go to it anymore because I think Black Canyon is kind of kind of crushed it. Like you you ran that last year. Yeah, last couple years I've done that one, and um, yeah, so I think that's what's kind of changed it. But I mean, you look at that list and it's it's pretty ridiculous. Like it's between Hayden, Sage Candidate, Rob Carr. Anton has at least run it. Yeah, An- Anton has run it. Dakota Jones. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list just kind of keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Daniels. Um, yes, so. that's right. Mm-hmm. Gosh. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty too bad that it's kind of not what it used to be anymore. Is your course record on the Gemini Bridges out and back, or mm-hmm. is yours going into the river? So, it's the joke is that I got two course records on it. <laughs> um, I ran it. The second to last year, I think, or in 2017, uh-huh. or no, 2018, that's when I got the course record from Hayden Hawk. Yeah. Lowered it by a couple minutes. Um, oh, and, and Alex Nichols. Sorry. Yeah, Alex Nichols was another yeah. one. <laughs> so many. Yeah. And then um, 2020 was when the pandemic happened, yeah. and that's why the course changed. That was the whole reason why the course oh. changed. Oh, because um, you, couldn't, you couldn't shuttle. Yeah, you couldn't shuttle. So that's what they came up with. And they're like, oh, this is way easier. Yeah. And uh, in 2021 was when I ran that. The first year it happened and won it. And yeah. I think it's still the course record from. Yeah, record. I think so. Yeah. And you did. So you were, you'd run that race. Yeah. So talk more of the, some of those years, you know, pre-pandemic, Red Hot. Uh, what were some, Black Canyon recently? Like, mm-hmm. what, what are some of the other races that you've done? Uh, some of the other ones pre pandemic was um, I did a, so that one, Red Hot, and one of the Moab ones got me into one of the USA teams oh, events yeah. or like okay. world championship events. Yeah. That I got to do with like some people that I was, it was pretty cool, pretty cool like uh, being on a team and yeah. kind of making some. Because you're, te- you're a team sport at your core. Yeah, you exactly. Yeah. And we went over to um, Poland. Okay. And uh, what year? 2018. Okay. It was like summer 2018. And, um, yeah, it was one of those, I think they call it the classic. It's like up, down, up, down mm-hmm. mountain races. And okay. it was like probably about 30, 35K. Okay. About all, just under three hours of running, I think, if I remember right. Wow. And um, yeah, so that was like a world championship team did. Um, as a team, we took second, got a silver. Nice. I took uh, tens, which was like a kind of a hard day, but a good day at the yeah. same time because I scored. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, did, still did a little bit of the more subaltra ones after that. Mm-hmm. And then the following year, 2019, did Way Too Cool. Oh, cool. And um, the um, TNF uh, um, out in San Francisco. Oh, you did. The North Face, yeah. Went to that one. 
more unprepared than I should have been. That might have been the last year of it. It was the last year, yeah. yeah. Who won that year? Um, it was Sebastian. I always forget his last name. He's um, He was on the Salma team. He's a European. Okay, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, your, your body of work, like you said, your only DNF was at a marathon because of hypothermia. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, you're leading up, and not to keep saying bringing up Western because it's like, I mean, you've been doing this for a long mm-hmm. time. But, you, you know, you're, you, you became more well-known in that moment. I mean, I remember watching you run into the, the high school with a s- smile on your face. I mean, of course, any, anyone's going to be smiling, you know, when you can see the finish line. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the footage of you, you're smiling a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, is that, is, that, is that smile, that late race ability to smile, is that happiness or is that a, what is that? <laughs> That's just the cameras being in the right spot at the yeah. right time is what it is. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, probably a lot of the times, like, the cameras were there was, like, yeah. During, um, you know, your crew stations and yeah. my crew was, uh, my wife and then a lot of college buddies, yeah, like pretty I much old co- college yeah. roommates. So, yeah. I mean, it's like a lot of people that I don't hang out with that much anymore and yeah. people that probably make you laugh more than anybody. That's great. So yeah. that's probably definitely one of the reasons. Yeah. And were but, you, were you third wire to wire? Um, not quite wire to wire, but, um, probably after, I don't know. Probably around 30 miles in, I think I was around fourth. Okay. And then jumped into third, went back to fourth. Okay. And then stayed third pretty much. Yeah. The rest of the way. And it was, got pretty tight um, at, up at the top of Green Gate. Okay. With, with who? Um, um, Shen from um, Asia. He, uh, yeah, that's right. He ended up taking fourth, but it was actually, gotcha. oh, why am I forgetting his name, buddy? Oh, God, to, um <laughs> Anyway, he, somebody gave me a scare at the yeah. at the top uh, Green Gate, and I definitely didn't think I was getting third place that day. Yeah, yeah. like le- leaving there. Oh man, it was so much fun to watch. I mean, just you know, again, I know I know that you were wearing California gear, but for me, you were a Utah, and mm-hmm. you know that's that's what I'm here for. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to see the Utahns do it. But you know, it, I think what's really interesting for my audience, because you know, I feel like I'm an accurate representation of my audience, is to think. Like not only in a in a late race like that, you're not only are you okay. Like you're racing still. No, mm-hmm. you know I remember watching the documentary Unbreakable. I don't know if you've seen that of the yeah. West, of Western states, and I just remember being blown away that like Jeff Rose put in like a six and a half minute mile at like ninety something, and I'm just like God. Like you know I love this. I can't do that. I mean, and that's fine. That's I can't do that at miles you know three. But what? how do you get to this point or what goes through your head? Like when you, you're late racing, still, still racing was, was Western like, uh, Western States. Was that like all the pieces were just came together the right way that day? Or is that something that you're able to sort of calculate and plan for to be able to still be pushing late race? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it definitely didn't go to plan. I mean, it actually wasn't the way I usually like to race. Like I'm usually kind of more, front runner like okay. not so much i got to be leading the race but like to be really close to the front at least yeah and um just something early on that happened kind of i didn't think it was gonna be too big of a deal that created a gap and because of that gap i never saw um tom and tom, tom and dakota they yeah. kind of were the ones that took off and yeah i i got a peek at them one time and i thought i was closer than i was but it wasn't like mentally the best race for me because I was kind of out of my realm on how I like to approach races. Yeah. So I would, hmm. 
So that was like quite so a bit different. But well, like, did that throw you off a little bit? It did throw me off quite a bit. There was like pretty early on, probably, I don't know, around mile 35, 40, just started to get in like kind of a bad headspace because I was by myself, wasn't having fun. It's one of the more boring parts of the course where you're mm-hmm. kind of on a dirt road in the back, no spectators for yeah. miles. Yeah. And miles. Do, do those spectators that give you energy? Yeah, that gives you a lot of energy. Yeah. And yeah, you know they're not coming for any time soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a couple a couple of aid stations and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. And um yeah, then kind of snapped out of it, got in with Tyler Green and uh yeah. passed he passed me, then I got back up to him a little bit later and we kinda had a little bit of like dad talk to each other, like, oh, oh nice. let's go, let's go let's go get back to our kids. Let's go finish this up just so we get back to our kids kind yeah, of thing. That's crazy. And we were in like, I think fourth and fifth place at the time. Uh-huh. And, um, we went back and forth and that was like kind of really big uplifter throughout the race. That's cool. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. And I didn't know Tyler at the time. And, um, yeah, that was probably like one of the most like special parts of the race. I yeah. think, um, I'd love that- your take on this as someone, um, in trail running who was a team sports guy, you know, where it's your goal to beat somebody. Mm-hmm. So clearly you're a competitor. Yeah. But one thing in trail riding is that there's also like a lot of goodwill and kindness toward from competitor to mm-hmm. competitor and people rooting each other on. I'm not saying that the, you know, the giants aren't rooting on the Dodgers. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. But you know, trail, our version of that is elite, you know, the, there's not a lot of trash talk. There's more like encouragement. So you're just saying Tyler who, yeah. you know, you guys are fighting for podium space. Yes. Are also like encouraging each other. Yeah. We were, we, and you know, I really needed it at that point because I was kind of in like a bad mood just because of the way things were shaping up <laughs> yeah. and it kind of like, just like kind of cleared the head and made things a little bit more positive. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how that race would have went without a little bit of that. Yeah, kind of in the middle and then it was like this kind of really cool like you said like we're encouraging each other but we're still here to beat each other each other yeah and then like he's and then that started to happen like uh a little bit later on yeah where he pulled away and then exact opposite happened where very late in the race like i kind of made a charge back at him and kind of made him it sounded like a little scared and (laughs) was just a little shy shy of catching back up yeah so but it was a, a really cool cool moment between us yeah i thought and so you're i mean let's say western maybe there's some adrenaline what what about uh, you got third in cape town this year yes how about that one is in terms of your plan going into it versus what actually happened um that one was it was just a little out of my realm that cape town is a very very technical race yeah not say i can't can't handle technical at all Mm -hmm. um it's just some people are better at it or some people yeah. just played in the mountains way more Because there's not and, a lot of like that version of technical like in the American West, right? There really isn't. Like um, Caleb Bolson and I were like, yeah. after the race, just like, well, if like we redid it and trained for it, like what would we do? And we really couldn't come up with like that many different <laughs> scenarios. Really? Like even in the Wasatch, like, like it was just like a different kind of technical that just didn't stop is what we say. It wasn't mm. like, anything that we haven't had never seen. Yeah. It was like, we just had never been in it for that many hours Yeah, and just not having a break from it. Yeah. So, and so you're standing at the starting line of these races. I mean, at your level, is your race plan going through your head? Like, is there doubt going through your head? Like what goes through your head at, you know, at your level of performance? Yeah. You kind of just got to know one way your competitors are 
kind of know their background and how they mm-hmm. race and how that fits into your plan. And even if they do have a shot being beating you, like maybe the way they're going to beat you kind of doesn't mm-hmm. really, maybe, I don't want to say it doesn't matter as much, but yeah. like if by the time they catch up to you because of the way they their style is like, it's just not too much to think about. But then there's other people that do fit your style of racing more Yeah, that you need to kind of key off of. Yeah, And um, at least at uh, Cape Town, what it was was, Dimitri was a, a really good Russian runner, yeah. and I knew he was kind of going to be the guy to beat. Yeah, took off hard right away, and I was like, <laughs> I don't. If there was one other person with him, I think I would have went, but yeah. there wasn't, and I was mm. like, I kind of thought that's a long time to be alone yeah. by yourself just to go wire to wire, yeah, and kind of let the dice roll on it. Yeah. And um, that was just like my approach of going in that day. Yeah. If somebody went, went with them, I might have had a completely different race strategy, yeah. um, which could have played out or could have been worse for me that yeah. day. And so when you're pushing that hard, though, like, I mean, are you, is there a point where someone of, uh, you know, elite runners are, are they listening to music? Uh, are you looking for motivation? Other, like, how are you finding motivation late race? Um, I mean, to me, it's just kind of all in my head. There's kind yeah. of that constant competitor um, yeah. kind of self-talk. I know, I'm pretty sure Courtney listens to music I've seen. Yeah. Um, Shen, who was fourth at Western, I remember he had some headphones. Really? Rocking at um, Western States, like, later half of that race. So yeah. I know some people do it. I, I could never do it. Um, really? Even that, 15, 16, 17 hours? Yeah. I, well, I don't really run with music to begin with, yeah. like, almost ever. Yeah. I get to do podcasts, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not a big kind of listen to things on the run. Yeah. Lately, podcasts, but that's uh, kind of more just relaxed wrong, long runs. And yeah, almost feels like you're just having a listening to I mean, you're just listening to a conversation yeah. at yeah, that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, as the, like... When I watch, you know, your performance or other other great runners' performances, over, you know, over the course of the last year, Courtney obviously had a, you know, an all-time great year. Watching that and just thinking, like, it's just interesting to, for the everyday runner, just to like look and see, like, what is, what can we glean? Because we, I mean, where the Venn diagram of Anthony Costales and Josh Rosenthal, like that crossover is probably just that we both love this. <laughs> you know, there's no way that you could do what you do if you didn't love it. Does that mean true? True. Yeah, I think especially I got the assistance. You definitely got to love it. I mean, you've seen a lot of actually road people try to jump into it just because they think it might be a new way to make money or keep a sponsor. Right, right. It's, they're on the back end of their road running career. They kind of want to stay tapped into something running running and sponsorship. Yeah, those days are almost over. It really hasn't worked out that much. So there hasn't been that many road runners that have like had that approach that it's gone well for it's yeah kind of more the people that have been road runners and kind of exited out early it seems like because yeah. they just like the trail running in general and, and yeah enjoyed it yeah but you've been able to hear i mean just this year you pick up the nike sponsorship which is awesome great team mm. clearly you know a good group of people I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, you look at guys like Rob Carr getting a first place at the age of 42 at Western States, like you've got a lot of good years in you and, and you've got a, you know, a family and, mm-hmm. and you've got a job here that you seem to like. One of the things that's interesting about trail running is that even, even the elite runners are juggling a lot, Yeah, you know, as you're, I mean. It's becoming less and less. I feel like there is becoming more and more like the full-time. Yeah professionals that's not what i'm doing but um 
it is becoming less and less, and that's just because there's more sponsorship dollars out there and yeah. and um, more just funding in yeah. general. And yeah. it's it's interesting because you see a lot of people, it is working, and then some people, it doesn't. Right, so, right. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not for everybody. Yeah. Well, as as a fan, 2023 was, uh, was a fun year. What, what are you thinking for 2024? Do you have races planned this year? Um, yeah, I'm going to actually go back to that one. I said way too cool oh, good. is uh, the next plan on um, California, yep. Auburn area. And then double back pretty quick on a, in two weeks uh, to Chuckanut 50K oh, up good. north. Yeah, iconic. Yeah, good uh, 50K. And then um, the next plan is Lake Sonoma 50. Okay. It's been on, that's been one I just want to do for a long time. And yep. just for a handful of reasons, it hasn't worked out. Yep. Um, pandemic injury. Yeah. Pandemic again, I think. Yeah. Was a one of it. And then, um, and then we'll be back at Western States. Yes. Great. And, and then kind of after recovery's done with that, we'll kind of see where we're at. Maybe something in the fall. Yeah. Um, CCC is a other. Mm. Other yeah. idea, but it's not um, 100% right now. Yeah, I hope to be there again this year. That was fun to see Dakota, you know, I think third. Yeah, Dakota was third. Yeah, more Utah. Animals. Yeah. And I was there to see Leah uh, England cross at eighth. Mm-hmm. So I'm a fan. I'll probably be there again this year. So That's if you're cool. there, I'll cheer you on. That's but awesome. Anthony, thank you for taking this time. Um, again, fun to watch you race, fun to see the smile on your face. And it's interesting to get in your head a little bit for those of us who are a little bit slower, further back in the pack. It's just... Um, it's a great sport and it's, and it's, and it's fun to hear from your perspective. Yeah. It's a fun community to be around no matter what pace you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck this year, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See you. It's too damn cold.